This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Going early in the week this week, gentlemen. Eh? Let's see see how this goes. We've uh, only the one only the one midweek game, so we've got plenty plenty to wrap up and look forward to. So we can maybe spend a wee bit more time on us- than than usual on the the games just gone by because they don't feel quite so in the dim and distant past. And obviously, it's a big big midweek for Dundee and St Johnson without kicking a ball. Um, so yeah, I think we'll have to we'll have to start with. With Dundee this week, Sean, uh, I think you've got to say that since we last did a podcast, the fact they've got a couple of draws after that calamitous afternoon on so many levels against against Livingston, a draw against Hibs and a draw against Motherwell in both cases with uh, resources, resources stretched for a variety of reasons. And, you know, I wouldn't say you, they weren't playing too... Two teams in in top form, but certainly in the case of in the case of Hibs, they, they'd had a, they'd came, they'd come off a, a a good result against against Celtic, and now in fourth, Motherwell are a, are a funny team to figure out. Um, maybe maybe touching that a wee bit later when we're talking about the league in in general. But I think I think it'd be I think if you'd offered those two draws and a bit of a platform to build on for Mark McGee, he would he would have taken that, wouldn't he, Sean? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean. It's relevant enough to point out the, the, the respective records of the teams they, they, they were up against. I think uh, those being Hibs and Motherwell. Motherwell, obviously the most um, the most recent ones, but they've only won one game in twenty twenty two, so their form's been been poor. So you would, if you're looking at a side that might be there for the taking. Sorry, sorry, Sean. I'll maybe need to. I'll maybe need to mention that to all the all the Motherwell fans on Twitter that keep giving me anytime Graham Alexander wins a couple of games. I keep getting. They keep digging out a call and he's saying I should have had yeah, they yeah. should have had Tommy Wright over Graham Alexander, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll maybe save that for a for a couple of weeks anyway. Carry on, sorry. Quite right too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and, and Hibbs, the other one, um, you know, as you say, they they they, they had a well, they had a win over Ross County and a draw with Celtic, but again they're another one in the league. They've only won one game in twenty twenty two as well. So there's a, another one that you might look at and think they're there for the taking. Ashton Johnson should have, but we'll get on to that. Uh, so yeah, and uh, but but the thing for Dundee that's positive out of both of those situations, because you could look at them and say, oh well, that's 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 points dropped. But when you're when you're in the position that Dundee are in, um, I mean, you, you take what you can get uh, out of these games, and uh, a point's a point. Two points is two points, so there you go. It's uh, not to be sniffed at, and by all accounts, the the, the performance certainly against Motherwell was 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 an improvement um, on on what's been uh, <laughs> certainly uh, against Livingston, which was a disaster. Uh, I don't think there's any point pretending otherwise. Um, and and actually, like, I mean, to be fair, the, the the game at Celtic Park as well, um, which they were True. very very yeah. close to getting a point from. Um, so from from the, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like that the, the Dundee roller coaster that we've been talking about all season has actually <laughs> hasn't really levelled itself out all that much. It's still it's still got its ups and downs. Um, but we but we're we're definitely at, the, at a point of the season now where it, it's time to just dig in and get the points where you can get them because they're they're going to need them. And, and St Johnson are in exactly the same boat. And let's be honest, it's those two now. That's it. Um, I don't think I don't think tenth is getting sucked back into it. I think it's a straight shootout for for eleventh and twelfth between Dundee and St Johnson now. So um, two points is is fine, and it's not as if St Johnson are setting the heather alight um, in front of goal and winning games. So uh, all Dundee can do is keep plugging away, and ideally, you know they've got this game in midweek against St Mirren now, and uh, a win there would be would be very 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 big for them. Um, so, you know, for all the for all the gnashing of teeth after the Livy game and and you know that infamous photo that I think we've probably all seen of a of a chap berating John Nelms and chucking his season ticket into the director's box and uh, Mark McGee having his moment again over a mobile phone, uh, you know, it's settled a little bit. Um, so, 
looking at looking at Wednesday, they're, 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 they've got a decent sort of foundation there with, with, with a couple of draws. Um, but they need a win now. They need they need a, they need to turn that sort of solidity that they found, make that a foundation for something a little bit more exciting. Yeah, I think Jim, it's it's when it it, it quickly quickly sort of dawns on you that when, I mean, I think it's been a few weeks for, for St. Johnson, certainly they kind of tease their fans that uh, they might close in on, on the pack when uh, they were up in Dingwall, but losing that one sort of, that kind of finished that hope off. And, you know, you can talk about Aberdeen and the rest of it. I think that's, that's kind of pie in the sky just now that they can, they can pull them back. So, they're just, they become these, from a, from a journalist's point of view, I've now certainly noticed the big difference is that there's no such thing as an early intro now when St. Johnson and Dundee are playing at the same time because you can't you cannot write you can't write what's happening in your own game you're covering without it's it's basically only fifty percent of the story, isn't it? Because the other fifty percent is 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 Dundee and and vice versa. I'm sure George Cran, who does most of the Dundee stuff, is 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 the exact same thing because you know St. Johnson got a point at. at at Easter Road, but if Dundee had got a late winner, they'd have gone back to the bottom of the league. It's just, it's just the the basics of this head to head they're they're locked into now. Um, but and I, when St Johnson were up in Aberdeen recently, they had the kind of they had the sort of dance floor to themselves. You know, it was it was it was they were the only game in in town that night. It was an opportunity for them to sort of make a, a statement. They only got one point. It's there for Dundee now, isn't it? I mean, this is this is one that if 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 St John's go at the bottom of the league without having kicked a ball, it'll hurt them. And and like Sean says, all of a sudden, you would look at the Mark McGee story and say, "Hold on a minute, okay, the defeat was the most spectacular one, but the actual sort of main body of work here is two credible draws, a credible performance at Celtic Park, and a win against St Murn. You're going to sit and say, actually." He's done far more good than bad. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> first things first, as you, as you mentioned there, you know, and as Sean has mentioned, you now got straight shootout between Dundee and Saints. I mean, that, that's how it's going to be now. So it, it, it's a case of attempting to collect as many points as possible to ensure that you end up in the playoff position. You know, I mean, that's a straight shootout between going down automatically, no chance of salvation, or being in the playoff position. And that'll be tough enough because you can see from the uh, the, the you know the clubs in the championship are both and Kelly in particular they will not be easy to defeat over two games and um, but the, the situation for Dundee would be you know certainly alleviated psychologically as well if they beat St Mern, um on on Wednesday night I mean I think you know M- McGee I mean I, I took a bit of stick from a courier column the week Eric you're always trying to, you're always trying to you know to, to to point to two or three things in anything you're right, you know. Um, and, you know, I think one or two people thought, I, I, you know, that I, I was somehow or other suggesting McGee uh, was a good appointment. I wasn't. What I was simply saying was that those who were criticising him um, actually had to look for the guy's pedigree. That's not to say he'll do a good, bad or indifferent job. Only time will tell that. There were two things, two elements with the McPake thing, which, you know, we, we thought he was treated dishonourably and all the rest of it. But, the other thing is they've got a manager in now who knows the game, both as a player and as a manager. He, you know, he's, he's been at big clubs. He, he, he knows the situation. The only time will tell, but after the early shock, you know, um, particularly the Livingston one, which was an absolute hammering, it looks as though he's maybe kind of getting into the dressing room and, and, and getting the message across. Not a phrase I'm overly fond of, but getting the message across. You know, the, the, the draw against Hibs, draw against uh, Motherwell, St Mern to come. Uh, and the draw against Motherwell, you know, missing Zach Rodden and Danny Mullen, the, the guys who would have led the line, and Niall McGinn as well, Charlie Adam too, you know, with the, uh, the COVID situation, um, is, is, is a pretty decent result. That's a pretty decent result, you know. Um, so the St Mern one now becomes, I think, a very, very big game indeed. But they're all big games because, you know, not only have they got the double header coming up against Rangers, one of them being, you know, the, the cup game after the, the, the St. Bern one. They've got a really tough finish before before the split. You know, they've got Rangers, Aberdeen, and, and the Derby, and and you know, it's entirely possible they could emerge from those games without a point. You know, um, 
And in the meantime, Saints will be scrapping away and biting away for, for every single point here as well. It's a desperate situation. None of us as local journalists wanted to see it. But Dundee have a great chance on Wednesday night of gaining the, the upper hand uh, against St Mirren, who, you know, he'll not catch me. St Mirren are nine points ahead of them. Uh, sorry, they're, they're, uh, St Mirren are ten points ahead of them in the league, albeit um, Dundee have this game in hand over St Johnson. So, you know, they win this game, suddenly there's a two-point gap over Saints going in to, you know, the final remaining few games before the split. So I think psychologically it's a really, really big one. And I, I think at this stage we're starting to see the kind of impact that, that that Mark McGee will be making coming in as a new manager and 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 being a you know um, and being a kind of I think probably a calming influence because he has been through you know um, so much in the game which younger managers haven't um, a win against St Mirren I think would be an absolutely huge result for them and it might just be the catapult to push them on. Listen, that's not to say there might not be a, a late Aberdeen collapse. I mean, who the hell thought you'd see the Dons sitting? in the 10th position, let's be blunt, third bottom um, at this stage in the season. I certainly didn't, you know. Uh, even with Stephen Glass in, obviously they were taking some risk Aberdeen, but I never for a moment thought Aberdeen would be sitting down there in this position. But it would take, um, take uh, you know, an enormous um, collapse by Aberdeen and, and everything going right for either Saints or Dundee to catch them now with what three games three games to the split I mean it's I, I'm not even sure is it mathematically possible well um, it is for Dundee because they have 12 points to play for um, but it's too narrow to hope so basically this is a shootout between St Johnson and Dundee um, all the way right to the death as to who goes down so every point is absolutely a prisoner now starting with St Mirren on Wednesday night Sean, I mean, again, I've, I'll probably I'll probably say this a few times. We'll, we'll, we'll as will you, we'll come to St Johnson in a bit, and I, I think, but I think we've we've got a pretty we've got a pretty good grasp as to what the strategy is from Callum Davidson as to how how they I say get out of this, but how how they finish second bottom. I think we can see that it's it's going to be built on old St Johnston values, if you like. You know, get that defensive solidity back, and you know. And take it, take it from there, type thing. I think what's more intriguing is is Dundee's approach to, and maybe things have changed somewhat in terms of personnel because obviously your Cummings and your your Griffiths have moved on. It doesn't feel like the balance. It, it, it did like a couple of months, a few months ago. It felt like Dundee's balance of their squad was, you know, yeah, they could they could potentially not blow a team away, but yeah, you know, they could potentially. You know they had a they had a really big win in them because there were so many attacking players and goal scorers in their side, but they could equally take a take a hammering, which is kind of how it sort of played out a wee bit like that. They certainly took it took a couple of hammerings and didn't didn't dish out many of them themselves. It has to be said, but they were good at they were good at points. How do you see? Do you see Mark McGee basically coming up with a similar strategy to Callum Davidson now? Is I we we have to just it's about eking out points where we can. It's not a sort of boom and bust. It's not like a, a cavalier like we, we win one, we lose one, which let's face it, as we all know, is better than having two is better than having two draws. Do you think he's do you think he's going about it from what we've seen from the last two games post Livingston, that it's a kind of similar mindset and that it's just gonna be, you know, draw the odd draw here and if you can get a big game changing win even better. Well, if if there's if there's a, a, the kind of result that's going to make you reassess or or prioritise parking the bus, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but certainly trying to keep it tighter than its four 0 home defeat to Livy, um, because as 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 decent as Livingston have been uh, since they've come up, I wouldn't go any further than say decent. Um, other than that ridiculous spell they had when uh, David Martindale first took over um, they've been decent and they haven't dished out too many spankings like that Do you think that'll be in the back of McGee's mind now f- for the rest of this season and that'll inform pretty much everything now Yeah, that Dundee have got that in him Yeah, you think that's, that's a deep shock scar me. Wouldn't yeah. shock me yeah, um, and you know, certainly the the, the evidence of the, of the two subsequent games, uh, much tighter, much tighter affairs, nil nil, and and one one. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I and and I can for a for a new manager coming in, 
I can understand in particular why having having had some evidence that there's some frailties uh, defensively that he might wish to prioritise just trying to limit that as much as possible um, with his with his with his shape and his personnel and 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 how he wants his players to approach the games within that. So yeah, it would it would it would make sense to me. Um, for a new manager coming in who's tasked, let's not forget, with one thing, and that is to keep Dundee in the Premiership, that the priority now is just make sure that we don't take hidings <laughs> of the manner that we did against Livingston. Um, and if we can if we can have that defensive solidity, if you like, that can be the platform for us to eke out a 1-0 or a two-one, or whatever, if the, if the if the opportunities present themselves, and and yeah, I suppose that's uh, that would that would be pragmatic football, wouldn't it? Um, at this at this point, because there's there's absolutely no point, I don't think, and 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 coming in and going, we are going to gung ho our way out of this situation because it's it's far too dangerous. The risk is too great. So. Um, I think having having had that scarring experience, as, as I think you put it, of the of the four 0 Livingston pumping, <laughs> uh, it's going to be an effort to try and ensure that that doesn't happen again because they really really can't afford it. I don't know what you're you're hearing, Jim, and I don't know if I don't know if you if you're hearing the same as as me and whether it whether it actually matters whether it's significant. But I mean, I'm hearing that. Uh, Simon Rusk is is very very prominent, and somebody once said to me, "He's kind of it's almost as if he's 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 the manager in a in a lot of regards." You know, it's not the usual uh, manager number two relationship. I don't know if you've been hearing hearing similar, and if if it is, then that is that just just a sign of the you know maybe the the evolving role that Mark McGee sees for himself as sort of more of a you know. A figure figurehead, less of a training ground coach than he would have been as a as a younger manager. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't think it's um <clears throat> I don't think it's an unusual situation in the game. And it, you know, in many respects, it, it, it never was. I mean, you know, some of the some of the older hands in the game will talk, you know, about Brian Clough, for instance. You never ever saw him, you know, uh, on on the training ground. He, you know, he, he let. Um, Martin O'Neill was the same. Really. His assistant, Martin O'Neill, was another one. You know, there are many managers who have been like that, who delegate to, you know, the coaching and all the rest. That They'll look, they'll tweak things, or one or two things that they'll hear reported back, or bits and bobs that they've seen on the training ground when they've been there kind of, you know, assessing from the sidelines. Um, uh, you know, m- much of the job is, is is tactical, psychological, and all the rest of it. And, and, and you know, and if you're working with, with someone that you know and you trust and all the rest of it, um, who bring a kind of freshness and or a different set of eyes to to the situation, um, then you know th- that situation can can work. Um, whether it will work, um, you know, it remains to be seen. But I mean, I think that, you know, there's no doubt. McGee, what's McGee? Sixty four now, I think sixty five. He's hardly Methuselah. Um, but you know, with a younger coach um, on the training ground, and McGee kind of take that over. Over, uh, over watchful kind of um, role. Almost, I hesitate to say a sporting director role, you know, but almost that kind of uh, fatherly figure role. It might well work. I mean, only time will tell. I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that will be going on in the background here, Eric. Since James McPeak went, um, here, you know, the first thing that happens is players think selfishly and quite correctly, "What about me?" You know, where is my future here? Not only are you thinking we might be going down, you know, what does that mean for my wages? What have I got in my contract? Do I take and cut of wages? Uh, am I out of contract? Will I be moving on? Is there a future? Where am I going? Um, um, I, I like to I like the old manager, or I didn't like the old manager, or I wasn't fussed about the old manager. Um, I've heard X, Y, Z about the new manager. Uh, will he like me? Will he not like me? There's all of these things that, that are playing out, and they don't play out overnight. They play out over a week, two weeks, three weeks, 
where some players um, admit that their initial perceptions were wrong. Oh, here, yeah, this guy McGee's actually okay. Well, I see what he's trying to do here. Um, he's making me feel a better player. He's making me a better player. Seeing things on the training ground with, with, with the guy Rusk thinking, here, actually, that works. I never thought I could do that, you know. Or this doesn't work. I don't like that. There's a million and one things, I think, going on here um, at the moment. That's where I think McGee's experience standing back, letting it be like, yes, get your coach, there's only so much coaching you can do with players. You know, you're not, the, the truth of the matter is, you're not going to take a team like Dundee who after 29 games have won five of them, who have only scored 24 goals and have conceded more than twice that number, you're not going to take them and turn them into Barcelona or Real Madrid overnight. So what you've got to do is, is, is make do and mend, improve what you can improve, um, make tweaks here and there. I don't think, you know, I think it was, you know, the phrase was mentioned here, gung-ho. There, there, there's, there's no chance of going gung-ho because, you know, they're, they're not the type of team who have the ability to go gung-ho. They're not going to sit about someone and score four or five goals over the next wee while. So you, you simply have to make the best of what you've got, make the improvements that you see. You know, you, you you will see tactical deficiencies in some players that you can work on, you can assess. Not a lot of time to do it. Uh, the key thing is, can I start to tackle these deficiencies and improve them without completely upsetting the equilibrium, not just a one player, but right across the board? Um, you know, can, can I work on things like concentration levels? Can I work on things like panic levels? I mean, there was a, you know, the, 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 the classic thing from the equaliser that um, Dundee conceded on Saturday was it was a slack pass that led to Motherwell winning possession. It was just it was a, an attempted hoof out of the just to the left hand side of the box. It went about ten yards. Motherwell picked up possession. Uh, now I know there were you know several elements of you know eventually the ball that was fed into the box um, for, for uh, you know the shot which which was kind of once delayed and then went through the keeper. I know there were about three men round each on each occasion, but but possession was squandered possession was squandered cheaply and possession was squandered through panic I thought and that was that was a key thing so you have a million million and one things to work on here and if you know and if you've got a younger type coach working away on the training ground and McGee with that overarching role and that over that overview um, I don't see anything wrong with that and if it works you know uh, John Nelms will come at this smelling of roses um, whether it works or not remains to be seen I mean there have been some positive signs in the last two games a couple of draws um, it'll be you know it will be narrow it will be a, a narrow narrow thing this if, if Dundee um, stay up through by virtue of getting into playoff um, situation uh, and therefore if it works you know it, it will be, it will look as though it was a very very smart move indeed but only time will tell but I see you know I, I see nothing wrong in the situation where you've got a younger coach on the training ground and and a, a more experienced manager stroke coach um, stepping back with an overarching view it's, it's not unusual yeah okay well well it's it's going to be I mean, what Dundee do? I don't think we can understate what Dundee do against St. Martin and how it'll how it'll affect the overall picture. But I would contend, Sean, that I think what St. Johnson need to do in these next two games is already abundantly clear. I think. I, I mean, I I came away from. I mean, you kind of go back to your your gut reaction at at games and and how you see it, and it was it was a it was a poor poor. <laughs> It was a poor game in terms of St. Johnson Hibs I'm talking about now. It was a poor game in terms of in terms of goal mouth action, which is what you come for. There wasn't a lot happening, that's for sure. Um a kind of and we always play the good point, bad point game after after a game like that. I I, I felt myself uh, you know, I, I felt myself at kind of at odds with I don't <laughs> I don't want to say St. Johnson Twitter because you know you only you're only hearing a few voices out there and you know you, you see you see you see the game yourself. I the impression I got was that there was quite a bit of uh maybe not fury, but you know, sort of real sort of that that wasn't yeah, that wasn't good enough. I think you play the game as it as it as it comes and I think it was it was a bit of an arm wrestle of a game. I think in St. Johnson's case, I think the last two performances have been informed by the the second half at Ross County. Just just when you think that team and just when you think Callum Davidson's probably getting his faith back in them, they throw in a, a half like they did at Dingwall and it kind of, it means he almost has to not reset, but he returns to like, we need to do a wee bit of a a restart again here, which is what he got against Rangers, which was better, and and it was it was 
of that sort of ilk at Hibs as well. I think what we've, we're into. I mean, St. Johnson are a pragmatic team at the moment. You mentioned the word earlier on. I don't. There's no. There's no denying how Callum probably sees this route out, and he has those. He pretty much. I think he has those foundations now. In terms of you can look at. You know, there haven't been many. There haven't been many defensive, defensively poor performances since they came back from the from the break. Certainly since post Kelty, so. It's much more like the St. Johnson of old. Where it changes now, though, is you do get to the... And I am at the stage where I would agree that if not now, then when? You know, you've got two you've got two home games coming up against Motherwell and Livingston, both of which are games that the St. Johnson of Hearts a couple of weeks ago, those games can be won. Now, that has to be... They have to, they have to go... Go for it's not gung ho. That's a, they have to go for those games with the mindset and the tactics and everything about it, the energy that they did against Hearts. And if they do that, they can win both of them. There's there's no doubt in my mind that they could win both of them. Yeah, uh, if they if they play like they did against Hearts, then they can. But I think the the frustration that, that that's been building since is that they haven't played like that again. Um, and, and I think Callum Davidson himself said, what were the words he used? He, he wanted the, um, so it was like oh, zest, uh, words I think to describe, sort of, that's it, zest. Yeah, words to describe sort of the dynamism of that performance and the energy of it. He wanted that again. And we've not seen it um, since then, which is which has been disappointing. As you say, against Rangers, they, they, I mean, they were... They were they were they were a bit better. Just couldn't get enough of the ball, could they? Yeah, they couldn't get enough of the ball, and, and to, to an extent, it was the same against Hibs. Actually, I mean, possession wise, they, they they had they had a lot more than St Johnston did. But when they when they were when St Johnston were in possession against Hibs, what what frustrates me about watching them at the moment is it's just it's the same thing over and over again. And to what end is the question that I would ask? Because it, it, they don't score enough goals. And they haven't all season. They've only scored eighteen goals in thirty games. Um, so, all right, the, the way that they're playing has given them a a defensive solidity, and I was I was trumpeting the value of that when when talking about Dundee, um, and hoping you know that that, that can give you a, a basis to sort of to nick a game, uh, whether it's from a break or or uh, or a set piece or something like that. And and I can I can see elements of St Johnson trying to play like that. There's an, there are an awful lot of long diagonals shelled out from Jamie McCart, for instance, <laughs> over to the opposite flank. Um, the problem that I've got with that is it's all well and good if you can win the first ball and then win the second, but St Johnson are abysmal at winning second balls this season. I think. Um, and, and and it's a continuing issue. So if you you continue to play like that, but it it it, it just isn't working. Um, and to me that that's that's something that the manager has to look at because it, to continue to to do the same thing over and over is nuts. I think it's what absolutely did, nuts. What did, what did you think? What what did you think that what better against Hearts specifically midfield? Than- yeah, you thought the they midfield were was midfield there. It was more. present. It was present. It was. It was. It, well, you just I said dynamism. It was dynamic. They were moving about. They were aggressive, um, and they, they they gave St Johnston a platform in possession, uh, and that has has not that hasn't been replicated. I don't think in the matches since. And and funnily enough, for for all the talk that we've had through various earlier parts of the season about Murray Davidson and you know he's he's an absolute legend everybody loves him but the, but there was a there was a sense creeping in that, that perhaps he was just sort of reaching a point in his career where he was he was he maybe just kind of lost a little yard or something and that's understandable because you know players get older and things change for them but against Hearts he was he was fantastic he was yeah, he was the Murray Davidson that, that they've not that had that midfield everybody's three loved since, watching unfortunately exactly yeah, They've and not we've not seen him since. since. No. Um, so I mean, that's that's one thing that I would I would su- I would suggest 
uh, is would possibly be a valuable a reintroduction because I think the, the the midfield was 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 the real success story of that performance against Hearts, and we, we haven't seen that since. And against Hibs, certainly, it was just that that was that it was that repeated long balls from from the sort of right and left, usually McCart on the left, um, centre back off to the opposite flank, and then losing the first ball or losing the second ball, and then it's Hibs Hibs in possession again, and it just went on and on and on. And I, for the life of me, I think I said Johnson could have played all day against Hibs and not scored. And, and and that's that's why I think people are frustrated because because they can see the pattern of these games and very little changes within them. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really really difficult one, especially when it comes to to criticism of Callum Davidson because he quite rightly right has got so much credit in the bank because of that incredible season last year, uh, which will never be repeated. And he will always be considered a legend at the club, and quite rightly so. But I, I just, at, at this point, I've, I've got to I've got to say that I, I find his approach baffling at this point. Um, uh, because, it's, it, as you said before, if not now, when... And against Hibs, I saw zero ambition to win that game, and that that really, really frustrated me as a fan. I guess the 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 flip side of it, though, Jim, is if you know if you accept that a point away at Hibs is a not a great result, but a, a decent a decent enough result. Um, the flip side is if you open up a bit more. You come away when you potentially come away with nothing. Yeah, I, I don't think a point at Easter Road's ever a bad result, Eric. I mean, it's you know they, they are you know traditionally they are one of the very top sides in Scottish football. You know, when you take Celtic Rangers away, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen United traditionally are the the, the top outfits over a long, long period of time. You know, in recent times, Saints have been one of those as well, but have fallen from grace. The problem problem for Saints is, 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 is you know, staring us in the face. I mean, bizarrely, there are six teams with actually, you know, have conceded more goals than them. So, you know, sitting there, they've conceded 36. Um, there are six sides that have conceded more goals than them. So defensively, they're actually, they're fairly sound um, or, or, or they're reasonably decent. Their problem comes in the fact that, you know, for the 36 goals conceded, they have scored only half of that number. They've only scored 18, which is the worst record in the, in the Premiership. You know, I mean, even Dundee, kind of, who have a game in hand over them, have scored six more. You know, I mean, Aberdeen have scored 15 more. You know, the, 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 the team above them. I mean, the, the inability to to put the ball in the net on, on a regular, even a semi-regular basis, has been absolutely crippling um, for Saints. Now, what you kind of ask yourself I mean I went away you know before we came on I mean I was at Tannadice on, on Saturday um, but I watched the highlights on Saturday night and I went away and watched the highlights again this morning in fact I watched them twice uh, and I mean I know having sat in umpteen BBC studios over the years and dubbed commentaries onto highlights um, that you know, that you pretty much pick the best at the games, so you don't miss much. And when you're looking, you come away thinking, was there actually a shot on target there? You know, you know that not a great deal has happened. Now, that, that, the problem, that, and that was both teams, uh, in fairness, but the issue for Saints is where do they buy a goal? Where do they find goals from? You know, I mean, they, they signed Big Nadir Chiefchi, who came on the weekend. There's a Mike oh, Lahal. Going to come to him. Going to come to him. Where do the goals come from? Why, you know, why can they not find goals? You know, Henry and Middleton uh, up there leading the line, you know, why can they not find goals? Um, well, I, I mean, bluntly, if, if Callum had had the answer to that, he'd have found it at some stage in, in the season. Um, and therein lies the problem. As the game, you know, as we get into that kind of, that really, really vital um, premiership, um, you know, saving part of the season, you know, because it's, we've talked ad infinitum now about them and Dundee being in this crap to save them, save themselves um, and be in the Premiership next season. Where do the goals come from that you haven't been able to find after 29 or 30 games of the season? And and that that, that is, is a, you know, it's a huge question. 
the answer almost seems imponderable to me at the moment. I mean, it's you're not you're not going to find a barrel load of goals, that's for sure. So you need to retain that solid defensive capability, which you know, which it looks as though perhaps, um, you know, they they, they have kind of. I hesitate to say rediscovered. I mean, it was nil nil against Hibs, a creditable one nil, only losing one to Rangers, who are a very fine side uh, before that. But then they, you know, they conceded three at, at, at Ross County. Um, there are just so many things. You know, they come off the back of a draw against Aberdeen at Petodre, which is, despite where the Dons are, is a is a decent performance. They go and beat Hearts, which you think could this be the turn? You know, to beat Hearts. I mean, Hearts are still a very good side, third in the country with, without. Uh, without peer, and then you know they they get coughed from Ross County, no harm there because County are actually a very fine side, but they cannot find consistency. They cannot score goals. They don't concede too many, and time is running out. Um, you know, so they have to continue to not concede many, and and they, they they've been doing that as we say better than than half a dozen in the league. But they need goals, uh, not many. They just need they need more than they concede, and that's proved a huge a huge problem for them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't have a. I mean, listen. There's more. There's more, far more uh, evidence out there than just Saturdays. But it, the game itself, on its on its standing on its own merits, I think. I think the fact that there was a big Saints travelling support, all the rest of it, I think that kind of changed the dynamic a wee bit, and the, the fact that they'd had. They'd been so poor in that second half of game when there was a really good travelling support up in up in Dingwall. I think there was a there was an expectation, which is a, which is absolutely fine to have. There was an expectation that there would be a bit more of a bit more intent about it, and that this would this would be one that they would they would not, maybe not target, but yes, they would they would they would they would go go for it for it more. My my big that which is which is why where I'm going to get to Nadia Chifchi now. My my big problem with it was I actually thought I thought that the game plan was fine I, th- I thought what happened well, you're right there wasn't another passing quality wasn't there but I thought you get to the hour mark you've come to a place like Hibs which let's face it they've gone forth they've drawn with they've they've, they've got 19,000 or whatever of their own fans there as well so you know this is this isn't an easy game you know you're not going to roll over Hibs whatever certainly the team that's second bottom of the league aren't shouldn't be expecting that but you get to the hour You've, you're not really conceded the, the the sort of nearest thing a big chance for Hibs was when Xander didn't hold on a shot and you know then he mopped up from the rebound. So this is a platform to then make your change, which he did. Brought brings Chifchi on for for Middleton. You're thinking right now, go again and let's see it go up a level instead. It went down a level, and I was really, I, I was so, so disappointed in Chifchi's performance. I mean, I've just done a piece that that will be that's, that will be out by the time folk listen to this. That he had as many, he had as many, many fouls as he made passes. Um, it just looked like a Chifchi performance. That you know, the arms were getting thrown up. You know, it didn't look the body language. Yeah, it looked petulant. Just didn't get involved. Didn't didn't get Saints up the pitch and. That for me was the the sort of the the potential for that game to change and go to a different level for St Johnson and and it, it just didn't happen and and it's he didn't he didn't play well against Rangers from the start either did he I know he's he's coming back from a hamstring injury but he's yet to have a goal or assist the gamble so far hasn't worked with with Chifchi, has it No I mean in the first game that he played against Hearts at Tynecastle he he looked really lively. Exactly, um, which is which, that, that, which that has made it all the more frustrating. Yeah, exactly, and then obviously pulled up very, very early on against Dundee, and that, that was that for a few weeks. Um, and he has come back, and Rangers, yeah, uh, wasn't terrific. I don't think he was dreadful uh, against Rangers. He just wasn't he, wasn't he particularly involved. Um, and the nature of, of of playing against Rangers as a as a St. Johnston striker. Uh, particularly, part, well, always, but particularly under Calum Davis at the moment, is that you're going to have to do a lot of a lot of donkey work and a lot of pressing, and you might say thankless running, but it, it's running that uh, running is designed to benefit the team rather than yourself it's for a purpose. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 perhaps not his forte. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Uh, um, so against Hibs, yeah, yeah, you're right. Comes on what you want from from a striker at that point in a match 
because if you've got like like you say, if you get to sixty minutes, yeah, it's away against Hibs, right? So you might argue that this this Hibs team's fairly shite. <laughs> Really? <laughs> at, at, the, at, at the moment, no. so I, guess I would I would argue everybody from below Hearts. I know on any know, any any weekend you could make a case for that, couldn't you? But yeah, I know I know that's true. So if if the, if there is an opportunity to go and get one over on Hibs at Easter Road, this this might be the time. Um, so you want when you bring a striker on at sixty minutes, you've done that hours worth of graft. Giving yourself a, a a plat a platform if you like to go and to go and have a go in the last sort of half hour or so, um, and you bring a striker on, and what you want from him, actually, is what you get from Callum Hendry. Uh, what we've got from Callum Hendry since he's come back, um, attitude has been absolutely first class, and his work rate has been absolutely first class, and he's scored goals. And he looks, by some distance, to be the best striker at the club. Um, now, it wasn't quite the case earlier in the season when he was sent away on loan. Um, so you know, there's there, there there's maybe there's maybe some digging a to similar be done there. type, but there's no way that he's he getting in ahead of Callum Hendry now. No, like no, no, no. But what, but what you want, what you want to see from the boy coming onto the park is what Callum has been giving you for sixty minutes. He's still there, so uh, fine. Uh, but Chifty just came on, and the the the, the attitude wasn't right. I don't think. From the beginning, you, as you say, it was it was petulant. The arms were getting thrown around. Uh, he was giving away fouls. He was, was walking about, petted lip. You know, he looked he looked he looked annoyed, and you just have to say that that doesn't help. That doesn't help no, St Johnston. If, if you're annoyed, channel it in the ways to exactly yeah prove a point yeah exactly. And he never did that, and and it was incredibly disappointing. He, he also brought on Michael Halloran. And um, Which he, he had it was to, one of you those, know, they lost two, lost two right wing backs. We we'll have to say, you know, yes, injury, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I get it, but it was, it was, it was one of those performances from from him that he's capable of every now and again, where he, he looks like he's never played football before in his life. Uh, his first touch is just minging, <laughs> I think, and then we, we saw we we saw that. So he was another incredibly frustrating one. Um, Middleton, oh god i mean he 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 uh, absolutely earned his place in the starting lineup over the last few weeks i think he did he did really well against levy coming on against united coming on and then he was good he, up in he aberdeen was he, was he was worth he was worth his start but at hibs i think he would he touched the ball about four times in the whole game i think that's accurate by the way if you look if you look if you look up the start um but then you're you replacing with Chifty and you get the same for him. So that that's what chance have you got? Um, well, that's well, yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, that's the situation. I, I, I can almost understand. I'm, I'm not excusing. I can almost understand somebody taking the pet of the lip as a striker. I suppose any position, but as a striker, if you're brought on with kind of like three minutes to go or something. But I mean, Chifty was brought on in was it on the hour mark, fifty nine, sixty yeah, minutes, yeah. something like that. I know? had plenty of time. So he's plenty of time to to turn things round. But the, 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 there is a danger here. And and you guys rightly chided me when I talked Griffiths up when he signed for Dundee. You said to me you're remembering the Griffiths that he was. And 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 you were right, and I was. And I think the problem with Chief Chi is and when Saints signed him I thought oh, that's potentially a very good signing. And then you actually go back and you realise that Probably for seven years now, six or seven years, he hasn't been a regular scorer. I mean, you know, his heyday in the fourteen clubs was that he's it had, between, yeah. loan clubs, was it Tanadice? I mean, he, you know, in, in something like I think eighty-two appearances, he scored thirty-three times, which is a you know a very very good record um, for a you know a, for for a Scottish club. Right. It was, it was 20, 2013 well. to twenty fifteen, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he signed. I think he signed under um, Jackie McNamara, as I recall. You know, so thirty three goals. I mean, a, a very very good rate of return from him. But the truth of the matter is, he's done next to nothing since. I think at one 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 of the clubs he had eleven goals, which is decent in the number of games he played. But you know. If the mentality, I mean, there are so many players we see during the course of our kind of careers as journalists and, and as fans who have loads of ability. And I don't think there's any doubt that Chief G has certain certain great abilities. You know, um, I mean, he's not, he's, not, he's not a top world-class striker or anything, but he's a decent player. But unless the mentality and the attitude is right in every single game, then frankly, it's a waste of time. And you're looking now and you're thinking, 
you know, does he have the attitude? Does he have the mentality for this, for the, for the, the battle that, that Saints are now in and are about to be further embroiled in? Or is it just about another payday for him? And and, and, and that's the worry. He's a lovely guy. He, he's a smashing big fella and all the rest of it. He's a joy to interview, to speak to and all the rest of it. But the attitude has to be absolutely right as a professional footballer. As a footballer, like a lump out, you're a gladiator, you're a warrior, you're going out to represent a community, a club, yourself and your teammates and and you know you are expected to physically put your body on the line your mind on the line and all the rest of it. that's what it requires there are loads we were, we're all at the school I remember Davy Bowman saying to me that half a dozen boys at Tynecastle High School that he played we were better players than him but Davy had the full package and more than anything else he had the mentality of a winner you know and I think that's the kind of thing that marks out the top pros you've got another mentality and you know when I look at Nadir Chief G I have to question that um, because mentality every now and again isn't enough. You've got to have the right mentality every time you step over the line. And and, and that's a worry for me. So, you know, I, I kind of wonder if there's any more to be gotten out of the big fella. And he's only 30. That's the tragedy of this. He's only 30. No, exactly. I mean, well, my, my hope is that it's a combination of he's maybe not quite trusting his hamstring yet. And, you know, and, and you know, that's maybe giving him a bit of frustration not being able to do what he, he he would want to do and my other hope is that in the next fortnight Calum Davison can get in, in, into, his, into his head and get him right for the, the last few weeks of the season but I certainly don't I mean I, he wasn't Middleton will be back in I'm pretty sure for uh, for the Motherwell game and would you even you know you get people What about Rooney by the way? Rooney, Rooney did, a, did a lot of the warm up before you know with the before the, the you know on sort of to the side of the players you know before the game at Easter Road I would imagine he'll be back possibly even Booth so I don't think I don't think they'll need to depending on Sang's injury there'll be no need to rush Rooney back but you'd certainly want him you'd certainly want him uh, in I, yeah, if, particularly yeah, if Sang's not fit yeah um, so, Eric see just as a it was funny Oh, no, you're going to go, Jim, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, as a weaker already to that, you, you've got to watch that, uh, and it, look, there may be many reasons. It may be the hamstring, it may be a combination of things, kind of refinding fitness, all these things, but you've got to watch there's no corrosive element where guys, you know, are, are, are knocking their pan and trying really hard, giving 100%, but it's just not coming off for them, uh, and having somebody about the place that just comes on and well, that, is looking the well, scowl, I mean, everybody know. says, yeah, everybody says he's a, he's a he, like you say, I don't know him, but I've dealt with him when he was at United, says he's a great lad and all the rest of it but what I would say is it's very and I'm sure Sean will back me up on this one it's you haven't I can't think of many over the last decade who have been the types to be to be given at the big throwing the arms up you know what I mean all that sort of stuff it, it is very oh, very uh, uh, unsaint John Saints are one you know? club that just that's not acceptable it's, it's never been part of their makeup I mean part of the DNA of Saints is that you give absolutely every drop of sweat you've got until you come off the pitch you know, I'm I'm just now I, I can't I can't think of another one that's I'm not I'm not saying it was you know he's done it loads but it was noticeable in that game wasn't it Sean Yeah it was it was you know yeah. it's like he'd give away a foul and it'd be like oh what have I done you know and it was the most it was the most you know it was the most obvious foul you could demonstrative stuff yeah arms in the air and all that nonsense so you can imagine Steve McLean having a word this week hopefully so <laughs> right United Sean. I mean, I can't make I can't make any rhyme or reason of what's happening between fourth and tenth. Uh, uh, other than the fact there's just you wouldn't put a bet on any of them any week, would you? Really? Uh, like, I don't know if I said it before the podcast or at the start of this podcast. I can't remember, but Ross County have been the the most impressive team in the last few months that I've seen out Four with miles, the yeah. old firm and I was going to say even Hearts because all those all those Hearts played pretty well against against Saints in the first game after the break so I could see them going on to get fourth but it's still there for United but psychologically they've dropped out of the top six haven't they well they have dropped out of the top six you know, whether it's a, <laughs> mathematically and psychologically psychologically what sort of impact that will that have if if any Sean oh to, to be honest I don't think much because it has, I think the key the key thing is is just how insanely tight that is between fourth and tenth, um, it's it's absolutely nuts. And I quite like their running United, so I think they, yeah, they've certainly yeah. got a good chance. They've got what? It's only, it's only five points. And Dundee. 
Yeah, five points between tenth and fourth. So um, I, I think the difference between, <laughs> I mean, certainly between being sixth and seventh, it's only goal difference. Um, and then you've got Motherwell beneath on the same points, and that's goal difference as well. And then, you know, fourth and fifth is only one point difference. So I, I don't think at this point dropping out of the top six make, makes too much difference psychologically because it's just one result changes everything. Um, and that that will be the that will be the main focus. So uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, God, it's it really is anyone's guess in that in that part of the league. I mean, if you if you look at the form, I mean, Ross County are definitely going going in the right direction um, uh, at the right part of the season. Um, so they'll be uh, they'll be fancying themselves um, now. Uh, and then it's no, I mean, at this point, we're not even talking about the difference between top six and bottom six. We're talking about the difference between 10th and Europe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think it's still do it. That's how crazy it is. Exactly. <laughs> that's how absolutely mental it is. So, uh, they I won't. Mean, prediction. Oh my God, it's impossible. It really, really is. Um, yeah, United, I mean, it's the, they've got this cup game first um, coming up against Celtic, which is obviously on, on, on the Monday, isn't it? So, um uh, God, I mean, is 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 that a, a, a distraction? I don't know because I think that, that United, quite rightly, they make a lot of play about their, their, their desire to to get to hand in and, and and win trophies, and so they should because I mean that's you know best will in the world. Teams like well anybody other than Rangers and Celtic to win the league, <laughs> but come on, it's uh, it's not happening. So. To get your sort of glory day as as the cups and United should be entitled to target that sort of thing and and, and it's absolutely within their power to do it. Celtic are tough tough opposition, quite obviously, but I mean United have United have given them given them a real game a couple of times this season, um, getting a draw with them and then and, and then oh God it was a last minute winner. They lost one 0 at Celtic Park. Oh, Abada scored yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so aye, yeah, they, United have given Celtic a couple of close games this season, so they're, they're, they're capable of it. Um, but fine, that's the Scottish Cup. If we're talking about the league, yeah, I mean, St Mirren, Hibs and, and, and Dundee. St Mirren, they have form-wise has dropped since Jim Goodwin's left them. Um, Hibs, as we've discussed, are shite. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got the Derby uh, with Dundee. Um and United have certainly had the better of that uh, recently. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, I mean they have every entitlement to fancy themselves. But the but the the, the point with that is, y- you can fancy yourself all you like, but the nature of the league is just so unbelievably compacted and and and, and unpredictable that, that God only knows. You know, United could finish tenth or be in Europe. That is that is the reality of the situation. And it's really up to them. They're they're capable. We've seen it this season of of putting good performances together and winning games. But can they find that level of consistency that they did earlier in the season again to close it out? That's the big ask. I, 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 they're they're definitely capable of it. Um. So we'll see. But I mean, the, what, what's fascinating to me is watching United fans react to this sort of run of form week in, week out. Well, I was going to say, one, Sean, one, if, one week it's Tam Cox, it's Tangerine Army. If they end up 10th, uh, Dundee United, uh, oh, no. United Twitter no. will be worth some viewing. Yeah, Exactly. I'd say one week it's Tam Cox, it's Tangerine <laughs> Army, and the next it's Tam Cox must go. It's, uh, Literally by the same people. fascinating. You know, I know, the same you know. people. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I've never known, I've never known a fan base to to fluctuate quite as dramatically as as someone, some of United's. Let's just say on 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 social media, Jim. Uh, Sean Sean's not. He's joking, but he's not. But he's not. There there are people out there that will, within the space of a week, be absolutely singing Tam Courts' praises, and like you say, we're we're, we're heading for Europe, and then <laughs> within a week, want him out. <laughs> There's a guy who follows you, he's a big United fan, highly intelligent fellow too, but every week it's hashtag courts out. Now, previous to that, it was hashtag melon out, you know. Um, the, the, the truth of the matter is that there's a substantial chunk, I think, of the Dundee United fan base that actually don't understand 
what the model of this club is. That's not how it's just not going to work like that. I mean, you know, the model is that you have a manager who works hand in glove with Tony Asgard, the sporting director. Does Tony have a big say in signings and all the rest? I suspect he does. This is this is this is the route that United have chosen. So anybody who thinks that a course is going out. And at B, they're going to bring in a manager who's just absolutely going to do his own thing without due regard to the model that the club want to run. Is kidding themselves on. I was going to say, Jim, you touched on something there. He's possibly, and I don't mean this as a criticism, it's just it's, it, is, it is the model. In the old school way of looking at it, he's possibly the least powerful of all the top flight managers. Do you think that's fair to say? Just in, in terms of yes. the structure. And that's the structure that United have chosen. I mean, you know, Mark Ogren, the owner in the States, is is obviously happy with this. Tony Asgard, the sporting director, pretty much runs things um, on a day-to-day basis, has, has overarching power at the club. And Tam is in there as a, as a coach, manager, call it what you will. You know, now, you know, I mean, the problem with football is football is full of conspiracy theorists, you know. And one of, the, one of the, the traditional issues, I think, with the sporting director role in Scotland has been that the old style, this is probably the same anywhere at one time, the old style was the manager called the shots, the manager would go, you know. But the days of a manager going in, unless you're Pep Guardiola or something like that, going in and, and tolerating to the directors, you know, or, or laying the law down, you know, as, as, as Clough did at Forrest or something like that, or McLean, uh, you know, the power that he had at Tardis. Those days went a long, long time ago, by and large, unless you're an absolutely top-flight manager winning everything under the sun, you know. Um, that just doesn't happen. So that's the model that United have got. So, I mean, I, you know, I sometimes despair the actual stupidity of fans, some of them, you know. I mean, that that's the model they've chosen. That's the model they're going to go down. And the other thing is this. Um, I mean, personally, I have to say, I think that, that uh, Dundee United should finish in the top six. If they don't, it's a failure. Um, given the resources of the club, uh, you know, if, if Livingston, for instance, I still think they finish will. above I still them, think they I, well, will. Yeah, we certainly hope they will, you know. But I, I do sometimes kind of wonder, could they score more goals? Yes, of course they could. Defensively, they're very good. Um, they play some tidy stuff. I think they need to play, and although they were outgunned almost 2-1 in possession against Hearts on Saturday, when they did up the tempo and play with more alacrity and, 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 and zest, to use that Callum Davidson uh, expression, uh, they, they more than marked hearts, you know, so um, there is much to admire about what's going on and I kind of sometimes ask myself what, what are some United fans expecting here? What is, it that, what is it they think the club should be should be doing? I mean, you know give or take, if you are taking the, the traditional traditional Scottish approach, Celtic and Rangers, you can argue until the cows come home about which are the two bigger clubs, bottom lines, they'll never be challenged by anyone again, uh, the, the, you know, unless we go to kind of equal wages and shared pots of money and all the rest of it. Hearts and Hibs next, Living Ross County are the two dark horses in there, you know, it would normally be a United and, and an Aberdeen, given the, the, the size, support, base and investment in the clubs and all the rest of it, that's changed. So to me, if United end up outside the top six, I think it is a failure, I think they should be expecting more than that. Um, if they ended up losing, the, you know, the, the, next, uh, uh, the remaining games in a row and, and ended up struggling in, in 10th position or something like that, that would be a failure as well. But the, the season has been pretty decent. Um, so far, given uh, what they've had, and, and bear in mind at the weekend too, they were you know they were missing uh, Tony Watt, they were missing Charlie Mulgrew. Um, I thought it, it was a it was a great game. That was the first thing to say. It was a, a really good advert. We can argue till the cows come come home about the quality of the league this season. It's not the best league I've seen, best top flight I've seen in a long, long time. Um, but it was a great game. It was end to end. It was absolutely committed. It was you know God, Hearts made five subs with injuries and all the rest of it. United lost Edwards to a broken nose. There were lots going on. Um, but by and large, the bottom line is over over the piece. United matched the third best club in, in in the country and took a point from them. You know, so I, I do sometimes wonder it fluctuates week to week, courts in, courts out. You know, um, I'm not sure what a lot of people expect um, uh, from the guy. I must admit, he was a bit more animated at the weekend than I've seen him for a while. I mean, Nielsen were having yeah. a they were having a week. I mean, uh, you know, Robbie came up, he came up uh, with the Robbie brings out that thought, didn't he? I said, what was going on down there? He said, ah, just football, Jim, just football, you know. Um, and it is, you know, but it, he was a bit more animated because um, he's, he's, he's a very calm, collected uh, character, um, is Tom, in the technical area. But um, he was at the fourth official, nipping his head, as was Nielsen, because Nielsen plays the psychological no, no, game brilliantly, you know. Yeah, he does. Uh, so, he does. You know, he it, does. It, was, it was good stuff. But, I mean, United, I think, are still in a, a, 
a, a very good chance, as her, as her mother will, potentially as her St. Myrna. I mean, it's it's so tight there. Ross County, I think, are really the dark horses. They've got um, a couple of cracking uh, cracking players in Hungbo and, 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 and Charles Cook, you know, who, who can just set a game on fire. It's, a, it's not one for us in this neck of the woods, but Marky McKay, she'd done a terrific job there when you think of what he inherited and where they are now potentially going for Europe. But from a United perspective, I think um, not to finish outside the top six would be a failure, given the size of the club, given the resources and given the, the playing staff that they've got. But I, I just sometimes, I, I always ask me, when I hear the boys giving it the old courts out, you say, okay, who would you, who would you, who would you bring in? Who would you bring in? Because that's the problem they faced the last time. And who would be um, the guy that would work with the kind of system that the owner of the club wants to to see working? Because of course some of them want Asgard out as well. But that's the nature of fans, you know. They, they, they you know for the vast bulk of fans, it's a ninety minutes on Saturday. At least their worries of the week, whether they be a lawyer or a labourer, you know, um, they just they, they want to go. Uh, see their team winning, crushing the opposition, uh, and when they don't do that, they're not happy. Well, that's a that's a decent decent place to finish, Jim. I think we'll, uh, there is an intriguing question, which we'll not go into today because, well, let's face it, United are still, I would say, still strong contenders to finish top six, but they're, the, the sort of the comments that Mark Ogram put in his uh, his annual accounts are basically about the the expectation that is there. You know, he's been explicit about the expectation that Dundee United are a top six club and what the implications would be should they not be a top six club? But we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Mm. If we came to, I, I don't think we will. I think I think we'll still be top six. Could well, have a bit of fun with that, though. We'll, eh? we'll, 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 we'll mention it, Jim. We'll mention it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Cheers. Thanks very much again, and thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye for now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.